Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Trustee Table. I'm Anne-Marie Balsano, Director of Leadership and Governance at NAIS, and today I'll be speaking with Dr. Anne Stavney. Anne serves as head of school at the Blake School, a pre-K-12 co-ed day school located on three campuses in the Minneapolis area. Since joining Blake in 2012, Anne led the school in a successful $80 million comprehensive campaign to fund student financial assistance, faculty professional development, and facility renovations. Under Anne's leadership, Blake has developed a global immersion program and a computer science program, and has significantly revised the school's world languages, literacy, mathematics, and humanities curricula. She has also led her board in the design of several self-assessment tools to support accountability and improve performance. Before joining Blake, Anne served as assistant head of school and middle school director at her alma mater, Lakeside School in Seattle. Anne holds a BA in government from Smith College and a BA, MA, and PhD from the University of Washington. She serves on multiple boards, including the Independent Schools Experiential Education Network and the Children's Theater Company of Minnesota. Anne, thank you for taking a seat at the table today. Thank you for having me. Well, we're delighted to have you, and we're excited to talk about the work you've done with your board in both sort of creating self-assessment tools and accountability measures. So my first question to you is, when you first started to collaborate with your board around those assessment measures, what were some of the areas that you felt were most important to evaluate? I think we started, uh, this was really working with our governance committee talking about those features and attributes and and backgrounds of trustees that we really uh, desired and wanted to have at our board. And in those conversations, we identified one of the key uh, attributes of a really strong trustee is to view their position not as in their role. They are not representatives. They are not there to speak for a larger group, uh, nor is it a place to uh, advocate for a certain personal initiative. So in that conversation, we thought, you know, we we want trustees who can think more broadly and long term uh, in the best interests of the school. And so that was an attribute that we added to our our list. And that's when we first started thinking about the posture that a board member takes relative to the school and to their own interests. I I like what you just said about sort of differentiating the role of the trustee not being a representative. Um, I think that's that's really key. And I, and I don't think that's something that we explicitly say as much, but this idea that you're not representing, you know, personal interests or, you know, any outside interests, but that you're really serving the school for the future. Yes. And and it it's actually, a, a, I think, a really freeing way to think about one's role, that you're there to be a good thinker and ask really good questions, um, and you can be uh, more flexible than what might be required of (laughs) speaking for a group. I would say a a second thing that we felt was um, really important to communicate well to board members as well as to assess, and that is their ability to help uh, individuals in the community follow the chain of command for giving feedback. So, so often board members will get a call from some, you know, 
current parent and that parent has an issue with the, you know, the basketball coach or the film that was chosen for the film class or some, some, you know, aspect of the school life. And what is most helpful is for the board member to say, well, I really recommend you talk to the teacher first, or you talk to the coach first, or to, to start them down the, the, appropriate chain of command uh, and not not uh, really entertain that, you know, whatever the complaint or feedback might be, um, not say, I'm going to take that to the head or I'm going to take that to the board chair, but actually redirect. And, and that's, that takes some skill and that takes practice and it actually takes all of them doing it. Otherwise, they would feel like they're not, you know, not meeting the, the expectations of the community. Mm -hmm. So that was the second thing and that we felt was really important is for them to understand the chain of command and and reinforce it as they you know interacted with people in the community. So it sounds like, you know, as you were de- designing these these assessments and these expectations that that you're really trying to clarify you know, the roles and responsibilities of trustees, you know, whether it's, you know, how you conduct yourself out in the community or, or understanding that, that chain of command. So like, how did you help to actually foster or support that culture of, of accountability on the board? It started, I think, with, as we were reviewing uh, trustees who had, were in the third year of their first term and, uh, you know, sometimes wanting to give some of them feedback about things that were going well and things that needed improvement, uh, and especially if we were to ask them back for a second term, uh, another three-year term, we realized really pretty quickly that to deliver that information about what's going well and and what what could have uh, they done better in that time, it felt really late. Mm-hmm. So we moved into doing a second year uh, feedback by committee members at uh, second year conversations and then backed up even further to first year. So it was in that process of designing those conversations that happened in the first year, the second and the third year and the questions that governance committee members would ask the trustees that it became clear to us that we we really wanted to outline what are those uh, behaviors, those expectations, those, uh, you know, what we're seeking in terms of participation. What does it look like? Let's make it explicit instead of implicit. And now we actually, you know, we have a trustee matrix uh, for board participation uh, that has four categories. And we present that matrix to prospective trustees Mm. when we're talking about the role. So from the very outset, they understand what does it mean to be a really effective uh, board member. That's great. So I love that you're using this sort of participation matrix, as, as you just described, almost as an onboarding tool. Like, you know, if, if you're going to join us, these are very explicit parameters for our expectations of you. That's right. And we have a mentor program. So somebody is in their second term is a, a mentor to those who are just joining the board. And they actually go over the matrix together. What does this look like? How have you seen this, you know, uh, play out? Uh, what situations and what situations would this uh, come up? And that has been very helpful for it to kind of be calibrated and um, have personal experiences 
shore up the matrix as the, the mentors talk with the new trustees. Oh, that's fabulous. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you engaged in the design of of that participation matrix or, or any other self-assessment tools that you use? Sure. We, we started, uh, as I said, with the um, planning conversations with trustees in their second and third year. And we had sets of questions that the governance committee developed for, for uh, the members to ask. Those questions essentially fed into the matrix that we created. Uh, we wanted to have a, a, a sense of how they felt they were engaging with the board. Um, were they participating at the level that they wanted to? Uh, were they feeling prepared? Were they helping out with whether it's admissions efforts or advancement efforts or being out in the community as a Blake community member? Um, and a trustee. So we, we started identifying those elements very early and then said, well, what does it mean to get better at these things? What would it mean to develop over the course of your perhaps six-year term? And then we said, okay, this, these are the kind of levels of threshold participation. This is when you first start where you likely are full participation um, which is a fuller in terms of attendance, in terms of stewardship, in terms of uh, leadership. And then after full, it's exceptional participation, those who are committee chairs and mentors and um, r- really actively garnering support for the school beyond the Blake community. Mm-hmm. So we envision most uh, trustees when they start are somewhere long threshold participation uh, and then over time, move to exceptional participation. And I think one thing that really, for me, um, I discovered is that our trustees, most all of them have served on boards before, but serving on a board for an independent school is different. Right. It's, you know, it's not the same as other nonprofits. It's certainly not the same as a corporate board. And so uh, I, I found that even the most seasoned, uh, you know, kind of trustee in terms of board service still needs to understand what's unique about an independent school board. And that's what I feel uh, we've been able to do with the matrix is say that this is what we're hoping you will, how you will engage with the school. I've, I've actually... Thank you, by the way, for for sharing that matrix with me. It's phenomenal. And I think one of the things that I loved most about it was that you can really see how there's this... I don't know if I would call it a culture. Maybe that's that. Maybe that is the right word uh, of building leadership capacity over time for board members, and and that's what struck me the most. And I think that's actually the the real key to to board sustainability. Yes, I, I think that's true. And having leaders on the board who, in their first years, they're they're re- they're participating in these conversations. In their later years, they're leading them, and they're leading a committee, and they're they're serving as officers, and they're serving as mentors. Um, it it is a progression uh, that uh, they can imagine, and then ultimately they fulfill over the course of their time. But my next question is a question, yeah, and this is coming from my education background. But you know, how do you and the board then use that evaluation data to improve board performance over time? 
We do two things on, on a regular schedule, and that's that we have trustees set goals for themselves early in the school year, usually in the, the fall. They can use this matrix, we recommend that they do, and also some other goal-setting exercises that we've uh, you know, uh, designed. And the idea is for them to think about how they want to develop a specific way they want to develop um, as a trustee in support of the school. Mm-hmm. So in support of, you know, our strategic goals, or it might be campaign goals, or it might be, so, you know, developing a goal for themselves that is in service to the school. So then at the end of the year, uh, they do uh, individual self-assessment that's written as well as a full board self-assessment. And they reflect back on their individual goals that they had set. And they also set uh, reflect back on the board goals that are laid out every September. How did we do? Did we uh, feel like we have achieved most of the goals that we set out for ourselves? That's fantastic. I'm just curious, are, are there times like during the, the year, during regular board meetings or during committee meetings where there's like check-ins or like some sort of formative feedback being given around those goals? They do have check-ins. We do a fair bit with uh, small groups. I would say another, after they have set their goals, um, at least one time during the year, we'll have a, a small group discussion where they are sharing their goals with each other and the progress that they've made and what they still hope to do in the remainder of the year. So they're kind of taking stock and they have two other listeners who listen and ask questions and um, mm. then they you know, rotate. So they're, it's a way to you know, articulate it and hold oneself accountable by sharing with you know, another board member. Mm-hmm. Sounds a little bit like the Critical Friends Protocol. Yes, very similar. Oh, that's great. That's a great use of, of, of that tool. That's awesome. So, you know, my, my final question to you is, you know, we've been going through this pandemic for months now and, and we have, you know, we're still sort of in crisis management mode. Um, so what questions do you feel boards should be thinking about this summer as they prepare for, for the fall? I think we have the opportunity this summer to take a step back and to say, what is most essential, uh, to ask the question, what's most essential about the experience, the educational experience that we provide our students and community? Because those essential elements, whether it's in-person instruction and the strength of those individual relationships, if that is the highest priority, that has a different implication than if academic rigor and, um, uh, you know, Excellence uh, that can often for parents be measured by hours spent um, on on, uh, work. Where do we stand with that? Are we comfortable with having asynchronous meetings, for example, and uh, parents perceiving that as somehow less rigorous? I think we just, the board should have a conversation about for us as a school, what is essential to who we are? And answering that question will drive the, the decision-making, should drive the decision-making in the fall 
so that we're not in reactive posture as many of us have been and you know doing fine but to be able to say no this we would rather have students come to school on a rotating basis for 2 days a week than we would to go remote for you know all 5 days of the week so those are the kind of trade-offs that i think we will all be uh, needing to make, and I'm really hoping with our board, and I feel confident that we'll we'll have some strategic thinking uh, and answers to those questions. I would say that that given the amount of of time and effort that you've taken to really craft this incredible assessment process and cultivate this sort of culture of accountability, I feel like your board is probably very well positioned to be having those conversations and to make be making those decisions. Yes, I, I think so. And it's it's been, we've created it together, which feels really good. Well, that's amazing. Um, and thank you so much for your time today. I know that the insights you've shared with us are going to be incredibly helpful to our members. Thank you for having me, Anne-Marie. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Trustee Table. We've included some great resources on some of the areas we discussed at NAIS.org. And you can also keep an eye on that page for new podcast episodes. Please be sure to listen, rate, review, and subscribe to a new episode each month. Thank you for listening.